Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Everybody say the door is open. The door is open. The door is open. It really is because the Lord has opened it. He's opened it. And what do those doors look like? We've, we've covered a couple of, past couple of weeks. Um, I think last week we talked about how the, the door many times is um, uh, cloaked in opposition, that you don't really see it for what it is. And so that's why you need faith. As God told Joshua, see, I have given you the city. Now, natural, naturally, he's looking through his physical eyes and sees a fortified city, Right? does not look like a city that has been conquered. does not look like a city that has been given to him. It looks like a city that's ready to fight. And God says, see, I have given you the city. So that Joshua's confidence would not necessarily be in their own strength and power and their military force, but that God had given it to him. So then it didn't really matter the kind of fight that would ensue because God gives you the victory. He gives you the victory, so it doesn't matter the fight. And as a matter of fact, they ended up not fighting at all. They just ended up walking around the place. And the first few days, the Scripture says, they walked around it and didn't say a word. Joshua said, I don't want anybody talking. Why do you think he said that? Because talking got them in trouble a long time ago. It delayed them 40 years going into that promised land when there were those who said, we're not able to do this. And God said, that's an evil report. And because of their unbelief, they had to wait 40 more years. But Joshua and Caleb were two of the 12 spies that had the right spirit and said, let's go up at once. So Joshua got to go into that land of promise and Caleb too. And so now God is saying, see. And so here they are just walking around and Joshua is saying, nobody talk. Not going to let any of that doubt, that fear, that unbelief come out of your mouth. Just be quiet and walk. So they did. They just walked around. And finally, the last day, the seventh day, when they marched around it again, Upon his call, upon Joshua's orders, he said, shout for the Lord has given you the city. And the scripture says that the people shouted and they blew the trumpets and those walls, those huge fortified walls, they watched it with their own eyes, fell flat to the ground and they took the city. See, God's way of doing things, he's, he's bringing you into opportunities or through open doors. And sometimes, well, most of the time I'll say it's quite unconventional how he is going to bring you into new experiences. And, and sometimes, as I said, that door looks like opposition. You've got to remember that there's always a possibility, no matter what situation you find yourself in, that God is, sees things from a heavenly perspective. So he knows ways that you don't know, and he sees ways you don't see, and he understands things you don't understand. That's why he says, my ways are higher, my thoughts are higher than yours. So there is... There is Something else for you to know. And, and just because you're facing that opposition does not mean that that is the end. All right? Remember, there's a door. There is an open door. Amen. And that door is open to you. And as we started, our foundational scripture has been in 1 Corinthians 16, 9, where the Apostle Paul says, that for there has been open to me a door, a great and effective door has opened to me. And there are many adversaries. Just know that whatever doors of opportunity the Lord calls you through and sets up for you to walk through, you just have to know that there's going to be adversity. There is going to be a challenge because uh, the enemy uh, is after you. He does not like your progress in life whatsoever, and he's going to fight you on that. 
Uh, you have the system of this world. That's why you need faith in God because it yeah. is that shield. The Scripture says that with it you can, you can uh, squelch all the fiery darts of the wicked one. He has no answer. He has no, no way to penetrate those who have faith in God. He can't affect you whatsoever. That's good news, isn't it? Huh? And, this, and faith is the victory that has overcome the world. That means the world and its system. And its, and its So you have to stay in faith uh, so that you see the victory that is rightfully yours. So Paul says there are many adversaries. So don't be surprised that when, I mean, you've, you've found this at some measure in your life. Any progress, there seems to be like if something good happens, two bad things happen with it. Right? Yeah. So we come up with one step forward, two steps back. Yeah. That's, that's, that's just the nature of this world. Jesus said, in the world you have trouble, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Yeah. All right? Amen. So yeah, there are tribulations, there, but they, they don't, they, they're, that's not why you live. You don't, you're not living your life to avoid trouble. You're living your life to be an overcomer. Yeah. Amen. 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 Okay, so let's uh, now go to Acts chapter 4. We're going to, for the next few minutes, talk about a man by the name of Barnabas. Barnabas is not his given name, but Barnabas was named Barnabas by the disciples, actually, um, which means son of encouragement. I love that. Or son of strength, son of encouragement. Apparently, this guy had a reputation for making people uh, see the good in their situation. Uh, I'm glad to have people like that. You've had people like that in your life. You know, somebody that encouraged you, gave you the right word at the right time that really kind of helped shape who you are, helped you uh, pick yourself up and keep going, you know, helped you stay in the fight and helped you try again. Somebody said, come on, you can do it. Go for it. You got this. You know, whether it was a parent, a coach, obviously Pastor Eric would do that for you. Uh, You know, a teacher, somebody in your life spoke into your life and and has helped you keep moving and encouraged you in... in, uh, who you are, and where you're going. You know, your, your real friends in life are those who will help you continue to look forward. They'll talk about your future and talk about where you're going and, and speak good things into your life. And uh, so Barnabas has this reputation. His original name is uh, Jose, J-O-S-E-S, maybe Joseph, I don't know, but really it's just another form of Joseph. But they called him Barnabas. And we're going to find some things about his life uh, that I think can help all of us in t- seizing these opportunities and walking through the open doors that are before us, all right? And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas, this is Acts chapter 4, verse 36, by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, I want you to know something about Barnabas here. You can see the kind of attitude he has and the kind of character he has is that nobody's asking for this. He just does this voluntarily. He's seeking an opportunity to bless. He's seeking an opportunity to make an investment. The first thing that we're going to learn from Barnabas today is to invest in others. See, the church is, is uh, it's at the very beginning stages and it's growing uh, and it's rapidly growing in some ways. And so therefore, it's, it's, it's really got... They've got issues. They've got, uh, uh, it's a logistical nightmare, if you will, because the infrastructure could not handle the thousands that were coming into the church. So they were having to just keep up with it. And with the thousands that were coming, there were many who were very needy, very poor. And so they were trying to 
you know, distribute and help the poor as best as they could. And so many people were, were bringing stuff or selling stuff. And Barnabas was one of those that says that he, this is the first mention of this guy, and he sold a piece of land he had, and he came and brought the money to the apostles and, so they could distribute it to the needs of the people. But then we don't really hear from him uh, until some chapters later. And it's an interesting uh, thing that we hear of. Uh, it's an interesting story. The next story of him is really a powerful story. But we'll get to that in just a moment. In, in chapter 11, it also says that uh, then news of these things came to the ears uh, of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. Verse 23, when he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. Notice that, that Barnabas is, is adding to people and people are being added to the Lord yeah. as a result. He's adding to people, and then people are being added to the Lord. Uh, through his ministry, the church is growing, uh, but he's encouraging the people that with those things that they've received to, to stay strong in it. So we see uh, the son of encouragement at work here. So he's investing in people. He's investing in people both materially by, by offering to, to bring some help in the distribution to the poor, and also he's, he's investing in them spiritually by encouraging them uh, in the gospel and in the things of God. He's a good man. Uh, you, you know, you've got to be willing and, and take, to take the time to invest in someone because here's the thing about the church and people. This is an investment into eternal things. Yeah. All right? This is an investment that's going to reap dividends for years and eons and eons and throughout all eternity. Yeah. All right? So, understand to, to do that, to bring value to someone's life, to add value to their life, to your investment, um, is, is the gift that keeps giving. Because you have been blessed. The scripture says that there was an exchange made and the, that Abraham, um, the blessing of Abraham is now upon you because Christ redeemed us from the curse. And, that, and then it says the reason that happened so that the blessing of Abraham would come upon the Gentiles, people like us, the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit by faith. Well, what was that blessing that was on Abraham? It's simply put like this. I, I mean, it's, you could boil it down to this one sentence. God said, I will bless you, and you will be a blessing. In other words, I'll bless you, and then you'll turn around and act like me. I'm going to invest in you, and then you're going to invest in other people. All right? Aren't we all grateful for that? Because the Scripture says that we are all sons of Abraham through faith in Jesus. Yeah. Amen. And that we have this inheritance through this believing Abraham. Uh, Galatians chapter 6, 10. Chapter 6, verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, or as we have what? An open door. Let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. And why is it especially to those who are the household of faith? Because this is an eternal investment. Amen. And because... We're all family here. We're all family. This is one of the opportunities that we have really every day of our lives. In some measure, you can always make an investment in someone. And that can be as simple just as a quick conversation, simple as a smile. And uh, if you'll have that in your mindset and in your heart, Lord, I want to walk through every door of opportunity to invest in someone today. Take action on it. Because... You never know how far that'll go. I want us to go to the next thought. Acts chapter 9, this is uh, 
It says, and when Saul had come to Jerusalem, now this is Saul of Tarsus, later who would be Paul, but he had just been converted. I mean, this guy had been wreaking havoc on the church. He was the Osama bin Laden of, to the church in that day. I mean, this guy was ab, an absolute terror. He really was. He was dragging men and women out of their homes, and he had, he had papers to do it. Um, and so he was dragging them out of their homes and throwing them in prison. He didn't care about what they felt about it uh, because he believed that he was doing this for God. He wanted this way squelched, this message about this supposed Nazarene who died and rose again from the dead. He wanted that stopped because that was threatening his entire Jewish tradition, his religion. And so he was on a tirade, and he was very good at it. As a matter of fact, he was there when Stephen, the first martyr of the church, was stoned to death. He was there consenting to his death, as he later told us, uh, that he was holding the coats of the men um, who stoned Stephen to death and consenting to it, watching this young deacon give up his life for the gospel and hearing him say words like, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. But he had had this encounter with God on the, on the way to Damascus. He had got papers again to go take some more people out of their homes and throw them in prison. And while he's on his way there, the Scripture says, a light shone from heaven, brighter than the noonday. And he hears this voice say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then he says these words, who are you, Lord? What an interesting phrase. Hmm? He definitely knows it's the Lord, but he's also admitting he doesn't know who the Lord is now. Who are you, Lord? He says, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. Well, he wasn't. What was he doing to Jesus? Jesus is speaking to him from heaven. He's messing with his church. And Jesus took that very personally. You're persecuting them, you're persecuting me. And it was at this moment Saul has this complete new, I mean, just this revolutionary thought, this paradigm shift in his life. Because what he thought he was doing for God, he found out he was actually fighting against God. Because you can't be pro-God and anti-Christ. So, he's freshly saved. The disciples and these others are terrified of Saul, as you can imagine. So here comes Barnabas. Look at this. He had come to Jerusalem and tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. I mean, you can't blame them, right? So he's knocking on the door, and in the Greek tense, it means that he tried several times over and over and over again. Think about who's, who's keeping him out. Peter, I'll die for you, Jesus. Though all were made to forsake you, I'll never forsake you. I mean, he's, he's got the sword in hand. He's ready to kill for Jesus, right? No, not when it comes to Saul. You just stay out there. John, the beloved, love covers a multitude of sins. Perfect love casts out all fear. He ain't coming out. He's not, a, he's not welcoming Saul of Tarsus into the house. All right? So here comes Barnabas. Look at this, verse 27. And, but Barnabas took him. This is the next mention of Barnabas, by the way, after we saw him in 4. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles, and he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road, and that he had spoken to him, and now he had preached boldly, how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. This is so cool. I love Barnabas. This next truth that we can learn from Barnabas today is to see potential. See potential. He sees something in Saul. 
He sees a man who's fired up. He sees him who's ready to preach. And he sees a man who has had an encounter with Jesus. Now these other guys, they might have heard reports about it, but they weren't buying it. But Barnabas saw something. So he brings them to Jesus, and he's not afraid to face this issue head on. All right, he says, listen, guys, what you need to see is not what he's been, but who this man is now. He didn't mention here. Yeah, I know Paul tried to kill everybody, or Saul tried to kill everybody. I know that he probably arrested some of you and threw some of your family in prison. Didn't even bring that up. He started talking about what happened with Jesus when he encountered Jesus. And so he could get these guys to see this is all he needed. And that encounter has brought the real conversion. And now this man has nothing but a blank canvas before him. All right? And you guys need to support this guy. You need to see, because let's all remember something, disciples here. Jesus saw all of our potential, and he spoke into it, and it changed all of our lives. And so here, Barnabas helps bring the right perspective. Don't look at the man for what he was, but look at him for what he is now. And that's why Paul later said that we regard no one according to the flesh now. Because we see the bigger picture now. All of us are individual members of the body of Christ. Which means that there's something larger to our lives than just our existence here on the earth. There's a, there's a great purpose that we're all connected to. And it's important that we all speak then into that purpose for someone else. To see potential. And I'm grateful to God uh, for those who have spoken into my life. I can remember when I was in high school, um, just a simple thing that, that changed my life. Something a teacher told me. Her name is uh, Betty James. Love Miss Betty James. She put up with a lot when she put up with Eric Holler in high school. Some of that gray hair she has today has my name on it. But she, I, I had, um, I was real insecure as a teenage kid and uh, just terribly insecure in who I was and always looking for the approval of people. And, but I had an interest in writing poetry. And uh, I definitely would never show that to anybody I knew just for fear of rejection or being made fun of. And so I just kept it to myself. But Mrs. James had an appreciation for literature and things like that. So I, one day I just took the risk of showing one to her. And uh, so I wrote, my time's up. <laughs> All right. Now I know what my students feel like. Is that right? <laughs> I give them 10 minutes to preach for their final grade, you know, and they cannot go over 10 minutes or it's adios. So anyway, that just brought the fear of God on me. <laughs> Maybe I'll be a little more understanding. Just kidding. Anyway, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah, James, Mr. James. And so I submitted this poem for, I said, I'd like to show this to you. And uh, so she read it, and um, a little while later, she called me over to her desk, and so I uh, made my way over there, and she said, Eric, you have a real gift in this. And I knew she wasn't playing around, because if she didn't like something, she'd just tell you. And she said, you, you really have a gift in poetry. You need to do this more. And man, something unlocked in me.
And so I found, I just got this boost, and so I just started writing poems. Little did I know that that would turn into songs, songwriting, and wrote many songs through the years, both for the rock band that I had and then for church, and our church and other fellowship churches sent out like songs for them if they wanted to learn some new songs, and it was just cool to see what that moment turned into in my life. I didn't know, but she saw something, and she spoke into that potential. Listen, it can change somebody's life forever. I mean, it can truly put them on the path that brings them to great success, to greater things. It can unlock them from limitation and, and from things that are holding them down, whether they've been discouraged over something, had a bad experience, a failure, or just, just the fear of the unknown. Uh, be one of those who sees potential. Tell somebody, see potential. Amen. And don't be, don't be quick to overlook uh, someone who may be commonly overlooked by everybody else, all right? Everyone is valuable. Everyone is worth your time. Little did Barnabas know, there's no way he could have known that what happened right there in that moment, what all that looked like for the future, that Saul of Tarsus would become Paul the Apostle to the Gentiles. Not only that, that he would pen two-thirds of the entire New Testament. Who knew what was being unlocked there? He was just faithful to speak into it, to see it. Wow. And, oh, by the way, we're here today in church because of Paul the Apostle, because of a vision that he gave him at the coastal city of Troas on the, on, the, on the corner of Asia to go west with the gospel. The man from Macedonia saying, come over and help us. So they sailed over there, and that is how the gospel came west and established Western civilization as we know it. Is that incredible? Paul definitely gets the credit, but doesn't Barnabas get some credit here too as somebody who saw potential in this man? Amazing. All right, and lastly, let's go to one more place, Acts chapter 15. Then after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. They just had a big council in Jerusalem uh, where they settled the issue uh, that, that Gentiles don't have to live like Jews. Uh, they were saying, okay, that's great that you got saved by grace and that's free. Yeah, but in order to keep your righteousness, you're going to have to be circumcised and keep the law of Moses. So there's lots of disputing going on, lots of discussion, and finally they decided, no, that's not it. Because we've seen lots of Gentiles come into Christ and there's been no, none of, without any of those ordinance, ordinances put on them. And let's remember this, the law was never to the Gentile in the first place. Why are we trying to put on something to them that we were barely even able to handle ourselves? Really, we couldn't bear it. We're going to put this on people who it's not made for? No, we're not doing that. So they settled this issue, and actually Paul and Barnabas were side by side. I mean, they're contending for the gospel and the pureness of the gospel and the truth of the gospel. I mean, they're standing toe-to-toe with these religious leaders of the day and, and calling them out. For their, for their hypocrisy. Now watch this. Now, so after this is all done, Paul says, hey, let's go back to where we've been. Verse 37, now Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark. Verse 38, but Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Verse 39, then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. Ah, oh, that's tough, isn't it? See, Paul and Barnabas part, and so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus, 40, 
But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren to the grace of God. Verse 41. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Wow. That part, that, that part is, on the surface, kind of sad. You know, after all that Paul and Barnabas had been through, you know, see the, the love story there of Barnabas going and seeking out for Saul and, because he knew that he was called to the Gentiles and he finds him and, and helps get him established in ministry and brings him into fellowship with all the big guys, you know. And, and then they go around and they're preaching at these different places and they've got miracles, they're seeing the miracles. And, I mean, these guys have a strong brotherhood, a strong camaraderie together. And now they've been fighting also together, side by side, against anybody who would try to tear up this message. And now here they are, they have a rift between them over a guy. And it happens to be one of Barnabas' family members, his cousin. And Paul just wasn't going to have it. Barnabas says, can we take, let's take Mark. And Paul's like, no, no, no. No, we're not taking mama's boy again. Because what you don't know, or maybe what you don't, might not know, is that they'd been on their first journey, and Mark was with them, and they got to a city called Perga in Pamphylia, and for some other reason, Luke does not document why, but Mark psh, goes back home. And Paul did not like that. He just didn't like it. He didn't have time for people quitting, right? But Barnabas saw something. And it could be that because he was family, he definitely, you know, uh, was a little more endearing to him. But I really think this isn't so much about right and wrong, because I don't think either one of them were right or wrong. I, I don't think that's the issue, because this isn't a theological issue. This is simply an emphasis of their gifting. Barnabas is an encourager, all right? Paul's the guy that's doing the work. He's doing the mission work. He didn't have time to, to babysit people while he's doing it, all right? He just needs people that are sold out. Let's get the job done. Uh, but Barnabas, is, he's a nurturer, right? Don't we need both of these things? We need both of these things. We need both of these gifts. Uh, we'll see that this separation didn't even affect the church in a negative way. Matter of fact, it's never even mentioned of again. As a matter of fact, we actually see a lot of good come out of this. They separate here and... Um, so Barnabas is willing, think about this, he's willing to part from Paul over this boy. Now, I, I, that's a pretty big decision, right? After all they've been through and seeing what they've been able to accomplish together, that he would now decide, no, 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 the kid's worth it. And I don't care who that separates me from, and I don't care who that aligns me with. This last thing that we can learn from Barnabas is to stand strong in your beliefs. Stand strong in your beliefs. We can actually learn it from both Paul and Barnabas. And both of them can be right. Because we know that Silas actually made quite an incredible partner in ministry for, for Saul. Even though his first experience with Saul was getting beat, thrown in prison. But we don't know what, we don't know what Barnabas and Mark's journey look like. But here's some things that we do know. And it takes some time to figure out the good in all of it that it actually was a good thing. Not, first of all, we see that there's not just one mission trip going out from Jerusalem. Now it's two. One's going up and one's going down. All right? So now the, the ministry efforts have actually doubled. That's pretty cool. Barnabas, it's kind of interesting to me, though. 
Barnabas did not give up on Saul, did he? He didn't give up on him. He saw that in him, and, and I, I kind of find it interesting that Paul so quickly gives up on Mark. But I think Paul learns a lesson later in his life. You can even read it in his writings. The man gets a little bit more gentle. When you read Galatians, you're like, whew! It's the first book, and it's like, if anybody comes here and preaches any other gospel to you, to hell with them. I mean, this is the kind of language he brought. Then he gets to Timothy, and he's like, my son Timothy. This man has grown. I think he's learned some lessons in, in life as well. And this decision of Barnabas to separate from Paul would truly pay huge dividends later on. I want to show you a couple of scriptures, and then we'll be done. Colossians chapter 4, this is Paul writing. He says, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greet you. This is one of his, his prison epistles. With who? Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. It's many years later. Also in Philemon chapter 1, verses 23 and 24. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ, greets you, as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow laborers. Now Mark is a fellow laborer with Paul. Well, when did this happen? I don't know. But things came full circle. Things came full circle. And you see that this, this initial rift between them was not a long-lasting rift. That Barnabas took this young man, he trained him up, he nurtured him, and Paul said, can I have him on my team now? He saw that Mark was worth the investment. It was worth Barnabas standing strong in what he believed in. 2 Timothy 4, last one. The very last letter that Paul wrote, just before his execution, he says, only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. How powerful is that? Oh yeah, by the way, if Barnabas had not invested in this young man, if he had not stood strong, even facing the great apostle Paul and being willing to part with him for this boy's sake, we would never have been able to open up to the gospel of Mark to read, these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they'll cast out devils. They'll speak in new tongues. They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Have faith in God. Whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them. All from the gospel of Mark. Isn't this beautiful? Also read that Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. We'd never read those words. Had this man not stood strong for believing in this boy. Invest in others. See potential. And stand strong in your beliefs. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for these open doors that you show us, God. Every day of our lives, we have doors that are wide open. I thank you, God, for helping us to see it and to, Lord, to be courageous enough to walk through them. Even though that door may, be, may look like opposition, that we would not be afraid. But, Lord, we would keep our eyes of faith on and open to see what you have promised us, to see the good, to look for the opportunity, to look for, Lord, that moment to speak into, that person to speak into. Just one encounter, God, just maybe even one word 
that can change everything. Help us be people who deliver the goods when it comes to speaking life, health, future, blessing into people's lives. Now, I thank you, God, for all these ministers here today. All ministers in whatever capacity, Lord, whatever calling and gifting you've given them to, to minister, I thank you that they prosper in that thing. That you increase them, Lord. Increase their influence, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for peace over them, their homes, every aspect of their life. I declare peace and grace to be multiplied to them from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.